um, and looking at men and women of faith. And, uh, and really, this is a, a second part to what Jamie uh, spoke on last week, because we uh, carry on looking at uh, Moses. And, um, uh, and it says there in uh, Hebrews 11, verse 27... He's talking uh, about Moses. He says, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Now, for those that were here last week, you know that Jamie uh, spoke on this verse as well. Uh, I've forgiven him for that because that's not the verse he should have been speaking on. But if God wants to say something, he often says it twice, okay? Or three or four or five times. In fact, if he needs to say something to me, it's normally in the 20s and 30s before I even start to listen, uh, if you're anything like me. Um, so, um, so hopefully, uh, there's a message here that God wants us to, uh, to get. We believe that. Okay, so um, I, I've grown up loving uh, the Old Testament. I love the stories. Uh, I love the reality of the people uh, in them because uh, when you read it through, it's warped and all. They're, it's not a whitewashed uh, version of events. Uh, we get the reality of, of the people. And Moses is no different. He was a human being who had flaws, and yet the summation of his life here is he was a wonderful man of faith. And that gives me such great hope. Because when you look at his life, uh, that's not always coming out. But actually, God just sort of says, well, I, I, what I see is a man of faith. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, and it gives me such hope. So I um, just want to quickly go through. I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to go through his life. Because um, what the amazing thing is, is that uh, the, this verse is talking about uh, Moses who didn't fear. He didn't fear uh, the king's anger that left Egypt. The reality of it, of course, is that if you read his life, he was quite a fearful person. He knew what it was to fear. Um, he, so he, he just briefly, he grew up uh, in Pharaoh's palace. I'm sure you, you, you know the story, his miraculous uh, saving when he was a baby, being picked up by Pharaoh's daughter, grew up in the palace. Uh, and then um, he... But he never forgot his roots. He never forgot who he was, that he was uh, one of the Hebrews, he was a child of God. And, and so at a certain age, he, he recognised that things weren't right with his people. And, uh, and the story goes that there was a, a, an Egyptian beating uh, one of the Israelites, and, and he went out and, and he intervened and he killed the Egyptian. And then the next day, uh, there was two Israelites fighting, and he intervened and said, stop doing this, shouldn't be doing this. And one of them said, are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? And this is what it says about Moses in, uh, uh, in Exodus 2, verse 14. Thank you, Josh. So I said, who are you? Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me if you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. Clearly, he was frightened. And what that led to was that he ran away. He ran away, he left Egypt, he was frightened of the king's anger. Exactly the opposite to what Hebrews said. He was frightened of the king's anger, and so he ran away. And uh, now in the purposes of God, God met with him, and, um, 
Uh, he was in Midian for many years. And then God in, he encountered God at the burning bush. And God commissioned him to go back and set his people free. He was going to lead them out of slavery. Uh, but even then, he started to argue with God. He was frightened. And, and, he, and there was this, this long discourse between him and God at the burning bush saying, oh, I can't do that, no, no, please, please. And eventually he said this in Exodus 4, verse 13. But Moses said, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. Please send someone else. He was frightened. He was scared. He didn't want to do it. He was, he was a man who had fears and was struggling with them. And, and eventually God said, okay, I'm going to send Aaron with you. He's going to stand with you. He's going to speak for you. And eventually, as he encountered God, as he spent time with him, as God encouraged him and, and wasn't angry, so he went forward and said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll face this. And he became a wonderful man of faith and his courage. You see, it's not where we start from that matters. It's where we end up. God doesn't look for perfect people and says, I can use you. He looks for people who he can encounter, he can uh, meet with, he can form, and then he uses us. He, He looks for you and me. Flawed as we are, not perfect, and he says, I can use you. And Because if he can use Moses, he can use me, he can use you. Because Moses wasn't perfect by any means, and yet through his encounters with God, he became a man who was able to stand before the most powerful man in the world at that time and defy him and say, you let my people go. And of course, eventually... God delivered them. Eventually Moses led them out. And, uh, but it was through a, a work of God that brought him from a man who was fearful to a man who could stand before kings. And I want to look at how that happened. But first I want, I want to sort of challenge us to say, what if that hadn't happened? What had he kept on giving in to fear? What had he, if he'd actually said, no, no, I can't do this, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm too fearful, what, if he, what, had, what would have happened? Well, of course, in the end, what would have happened is that they, the people wouldn't have been delivered. They would have remained in slavery. And they would have lost their inheritance. The inheritance was the promised land. And that was... That was what God had for them. Fear, and it actually happened later on as well, for the people when they got to the promised land the first time, fear gripped them. And this time, they didn't overcome that fear. And for that group of people, they lost their inheritance. They were robbed of it. Eventually, of course, with uh, Joshua, they got in. Joshua, a man of faith, a man of courage, who knew his God. But we need to see that actually fear is one of the devil's schemes. You see, the devil, uh, the Bible says we are not unaware of his schemes. And, and we need to be aware, we need to have our minds open to the fact that, God, that, the, the, uh, that Satan, the devil, uses fear to try and achieve his ends. 
And he will try and achieve the ends of fear to enslave and to rob of inheritance. And so if we give in to fear, we start losing something of what God has for us, and we start being enslaved. And so it's, it's when we start fearing, the reformed mind, the renewed mind says, what is it that Satan is trying to rob me of? We need to develop that defiant spirit that says, what's he trying to enslave me? What's he robbing me of? This fear that's gripping me is robbing me of something. I'm not going to let that happen. And, and so there is that, that defiant, because sometimes, you know... Whenever we go through life, we can encounter all sorts of different experiences, and, and this week is a typical case in point. Something happens, that, and, and that, that can, you know, the, the events in Manchester, and they can cause us to fear. Yeah. They can cause, and that's not, that's just what happens in life. We, that's not something that we should beat ourselves up about. Events will take place that immediately <coughs> threaten us, and we think, oh, it's what we do then that matters. It's what we do then. We can either let that fear grip us, and then we start getting robbed of inheritance, we start getting enslaved. Or we can say, no, I'm, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to recognise this scheme, and I'm going to say, I'm not going to be robbed of what God has for me. I'm not going to be enslaved, uh, because it was for freedom Christ set me free. And to have that way of thinking, to think actually fear is not going to now, that's, that's the first thing, it's the first thought, but actually there's, there's more to it than that. Um, so what sort of things do we fear? Well, mentioned about uh, this week, and we can, we, can, um, we can start thinking about it and thinking, oh, you know, oh, oh, I need to adjust things, I need to change things. Now, you know, sometimes events happen and we do have to make adjustments. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying about that. Um, but we need to be careful that we're not being restricted wrongly. Okay, so there's that. We can have fear of the future. Uh, fear or about our relationships. Fear about our financial <coughs> situation. Uh, fear about our health. Um, we can have phobias that grip us. People that are fear of the dark, fear of all sorts of different things. As Christians, they can affect us. It can also be fear about stepping out into new things of God. It could be fear of using the gifts that God has given you. That can, that can affect us. You know, God may be calling you to, to prophesy or to, or to pray for the sick or, or to use a gift. And, and fear is saying, well, you know, I don't want to do this. What, what if I get it wrong? What if it happens? And that can stop us. Uh, from, from moving out into what God has for us. All these things, if we allow fear, can stop us of the inheritance that God has for us. The, 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 there is, it's wonderful to be involved in praying for the sick and seeing people set free. It's just glorious. That's, that's an inheritance for the people of God. If we don't move into that, we won't receive that inheritance. It's wonderful uh, to speak to someone about Jesus. That's frightening. And then to see their response, and then someone giving their life to Jesus and, uh, and, and be able to pray with them over that. It's just a glorious inheritance that we can experience. But fear can stop us receiving that. 
And, uh, and, then, and then if we're fearing the future, then uh, what comes in is our, our joy goes. Uh, our peace goes. And we're robbed. And that is the, uh, righteousness, joy and peace is the inheritance of the saints. That's for us to live by. Uh, and if, we, if, if that's going, it's being robbed. Uh, uh, and that's not what God has for us. And so we need to uh, recognise what can happen. Uh, and see, actually, that this is something we, we can do something about. You see, so, sometimes we as Christians can live with these fears and we just put up with it. Well, because that's what it's always been like. I've, I've always had that. And it's like uh, adapting to a disability. Amen. Now, we, know we, can, we, can, we can live with a disability. We can live like that. Uh, no, we can get by. And, and we can seem okay, but I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sort of limping, but you know, I, I, I can cope, it's alright. But the fact is, the inheritance of God's people is that we should be whole. That's our inheritance. We should not be, uh, uh, you know, we, we don't have to live with these disabilities that, that grip us. And, and that's, not, that's not the lot, that's not the portion of the people of God. And so... And so it's, it's to recognise, actually, no, I, I don't have to live with this. I don't have to put up with it. What I, I want you to, if, if you know that's, you know, if, you, if that's sort of touching some things, don't feel condemned. Because Moses had those fears. Moses had those fears. He, he understood what it was to be fearful. And yet, through the encountering with God overcame them. He saw God, the invisible one, and was able to overcome his fears and see a great deliverance. And that, that, that verse that we read in the beginning about he persevered, the whole sense of that is, is about a person who has got fixed on something and is looking towards it and is going for it. It's a determination to keep his eyes focused on something. And it mirrors the, the passage in Hebrews 12 when it talks about we fix our eyes on Jesus. And, and it's, it's, it's the, the two verses are very similar in, 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 their, in, in the way that the verses are formed, the, the words are used. And, and so here we have an idea that, that, that Moses saw something, he saw the invisible one and said, I'm going to keep my eyes on him, and I'm going to walk forward. It's almost like uh, you know those those films, Indiana Jones or whatever it is, where they walk across uh, the precipice on this sort of rope bridge. And of course, the instruction there—I've never done this. Well, I've done something similar uh, on on these rope slides and things. I'm, I'm hopeless at. Um, is don't look down. Don't look down, because as soon as you look down, you're going to be gripped with fear. Because it's what what you do is you keep looking straight ahead. Keep looking straight ahead and fix your eyes on the end and then you'll get across and that's what Moses did he got his eyes focused on God he'd encountered him he kept his eyes on him and he says right I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going through this and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to persevere and I'm going to get through and he won he had a great great victory It's important as people of God to, to, to work out how to do that. One of the ways that is important for us, and, uh, and it's also something that the, the people of Israel and the Old Testament were told to do many, many times, 
is to remember the interventions of God. Amen. Remember the times that God did things in your life. The times he spoke. The times he, he, he did some miracle, provision, healing. Recall to mind what God has done. Some of you, uh, I spoke to a number of you after uh, the, the, the sessions a few weeks ago with the, with the team from ESSL, how, particularly when they were prophesying, and how amazing uh, you found it, that, that God knew you, uh, and, and how God spoke into your life. Remember that. Remember it, because it's God revealing who he is. It's, it's an insight into the invisible God, that he knows you, he cares about you, he's spoken to it. Because you should remember that he hasn't changed. What he knew then, what he spoke then, he will be with you now. He hasn't changed. And so I remember, I can remember moments in my life as I look back where God spoke so clearly from, from the age of 13, moments of him speaking, that I know, that I know he's with me. I know he cares. I know he's for me. I know he's got a purpose for me. I look at different aspects and I recall them to mind. And it's so important because, because it reminds me that God has always been there and will always be there. And so Moses had those encounters. He would have remembered his miraculous saving at birth. He would have been told about that. He remembers the burning bush. He remembers the times when the miracles, when God did amazing things, with, and he dropped the rod and it became a snake. He would have recalled those. And, and he would record the words of God and say, no, God's with me. God's with me. And I'm going to press on. And that is part of what it means to, to keep our eyes on the invisible God. Because at a moment in history, he reveals himself to us. And they're precious times. Now, he's here by his spirit all the time. And, and we can have an ongoing, daily, fresh encounter with him. Uh, through the Holy Spirit. And I'm not decrying that. I think that's, that's vital as well. But do recall the times God spoke and intervened. And remember that he's the same God. He still loves you and he's still with you. Mm. I have a, a little story uh, about my daughter who's not here. So I uh, hope that she won't mind telling it. Um, and this is, this is when she was very young. Uh, uh, Becca, uh, probably about three, I don't exactly know the age. Um, now, we, we used to get together quite frequently, still do, with my, the rest of my brothers and sister. Um, we used to go out and, on holiday together and all sorts of stuff. And one of the games that I used to play with my brother, uh, with the children, was catch. Okay? We used to play catch with the children. Now... That's not, not remarkable. You might think, well, th- th- what we, did, we, we did literally play catch with the children. So what I used to do is I'd pick up Becca, with my brother over there, and we would play catch. <laughs> now, if, if any of you want to report me that, that's fine. She's, um, she loved this game. It was a brilliant game. Uh, she, was, she would always laugh. She'd always giggle. And it was always with my brother, Phil. How are you just Sorry, and then occasionally step back a bit. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want you to get too too wild. We never dropped her seriously, uh, and she loved this game. But it did come back sort of to sort of uh, have a little bit of an issue because uh, one time when we were together, and I think I say she was about three or four. Um, I, my brother came up to me. We were around a walk or something, and, and he was holding 
uh, Becca, and she was laughing away, as she often did, but he had quite a, a worried look on his face. And, um, and, it, and basically he said, I just managed to catch her before she hit the ground. And I thought, oh, we weren't playing that game. And what happened is that she had, uh, she loved climbing, and she'd, so she'd climbed up this wall of climbing, I can't think what it was, and got quite high, and then she looked around and saw my brother. <laughs> he was talking, and so she just launched herself at him. <laughs> uh, and he just caught her out, he caught the side of her out of the, uh, the uh, corner of his eye and managed to grab her. Uh, uh, and she was none the wiser, she was quite happy. Uh, what I love about the story is, is if I can get into the mind of a three-year-old, it's very, very simple. Oh, look, there's Uncle Phil. He always catches me. Yeah. Way! <laughs> um, but actually, sometimes we just need to be a bit more childlike. Because actually, God is even greater than my Uncle Phil, or her Uncle Phil. Because that's true of him. Mm. Oh, look, it's God. He always catches me. Mm. And to have that thing, that, that thought, he's going to catch me. Whatever I do, however I go here, mm. he's never going to leave me. Mm. He is here. And, and I'm, I'm just going to have a whale at the time. Mm. Now, that's a, that's a mindset. That's a way of thinking. And that comes from our own experience with God. That thing, Rebecca, came from experiences. Phil catches me. We have this lo- lovely game. Oh, he's going to catch me again. And it's our experience with God that will tell us he will always catch you. He will always be with you. Our history in God should always lead us to that conclusion. But we, we also have his word. We also have the word of God. And it's so important that we see the invisible God through the word. So that when we're feeling worried or frightened or fear of the future, we recall to mind that you said, God, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And you said, God, you will hem me in behind and before. And, and, and when, and, and when we, we were a bit frightened about stepping out in our gifts, uh, then God, you remind, you said, God, that you will do what I have been doing and you will do greater things than these. That's what you said. So remind ourselves, or, or when we want to bring a prophetic word, you say, well, Jesus, what you said, you said, my sheep hear my voice. You said that. So I can hear your voice. And, and when, when, when we start fearing the future, uh, and, and we start getting uh, enslaved, and we start feeling that we can't do stuff, you repeat them, but you said, it is for freedom that you set me free. Uh, and, and this isn't freedom. So God, you said it, this is what I'm going to expect. This is what I'm going to live for. And so we persevere to see the invisible by remembering what he's done in the past and by remembering what he said, because he's true to his word. But the persevering point is really important, and uh, Moses had to do that, because the first time he, he, he plucked up courage and says, OK, we're going to do this. Aaron, come with me. He walked up to Pharaoh and said, OK, Pharaoh, let my people go. Now, I don't know what he was expecting. I don't know if he was expecting Pharaoh to say, oh, okay, off you go, bye. In reality, what happened, and you can read about it uh, in, in uh, uh, Exodus chapter uh, 4 and 5, Pharaoh laughed at them. 
What do you think you are? Who's your God? What's all this about? Stop it. In fact, I'm annoyed. So what I'm going to do is you're going to carry on making all the bricks that you're making for me, but I'm not giving you any straw. How dare you come and speak to me like that? That was the first response. What a disaster. The people started running. What have you done, Moses? What do you think you're doing? You've made our... We're detestable in his eyes now. You've made it so much worse. Now that would... That could have been such a testing point for Moses. In fact, it was a testing point for Moses. And he said, oh, what's the point? He went back to God, as is the right thing to do. This is slightly out of order, Josh. And he went to God and said, God, what's going on? You said I would leave them out, you told me I could do it, and, and look what's happened. And God said this to him in Exodus chapter 6, verse 7. He said, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. I will take you. He reminded, actually, I'm with you, I love you, you're mine. That's what Moses needed at this point. He didn't need, oh, 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 oh there, there, Moses, yeah, I'm sorry about that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, was, I was distracted for that moment, no. All he needed was to see God again. He encountered God afresh. God, he went back to God and God said, it's all right, Moses, I'm yours, you're mine. I'm going to look after you, you're my people, you mean more to me than anything else, don't fear. Don't fear. And that's all that Moses needed. He got a fresh encounter with the living God, and he went back. And so often we start something, um, and we feel encouraged, and, and it doesn't go quite to plan, and we get discouraged, we get fearful about doing it again, uh, and that can stop us. Or we can, we can try and overcome a fear, and we step out, and, and it comes back again, and then we go, oh, forget that. And all God says is, yeah, that, that might happen, but come back to me. Because I will re- re- remind you of who you are. That you are a precious son and daughter. That I love you, that you're mine. I'm never going to let you go. Uh, and, uh, and go again. Romans 8.15 says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought you, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. We've been given the spirit. It's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance that says to us, you're a son, you're a daughter. You are deeply, deeply loved. And the spirit of God comes to get rid of fear, reveal Jesus to us and say, he loves you. You're his son, you're his daughter. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to drop you. He's with you. Now go again. The Spirit of God comes to remind us of who we are and who God is. It's so important that we spend time in his presence. As much as remembering what we've done is so important, being in his word, seeing what he said, but there is no... uh, Substitute for being in his presence and asking the Holy Spirit to come and give us strength.
all the way through the New Testament in Acts, when they were facing difficulties, the people of God came back and said, God, come, and the Holy Spirit came on them. And they were filled with boldness. Often, that's repeated time and time again, they were filled with boldness. Because the Holy Spirit came and revealed Jesus to them afresh. And, and they were fortified by the Spirit of God. And that's what the Spirit does. He comes and reveals who Jesus is and who we are and gives us strength to do what God's called us to do, to step out. God wants us to come into every single bit of inheritance that he's got for us. He doesn't want fear to enslave us, to keep us back. He's got so much for us to, for, uh, to walk into. So I want to just conclude today. I, just want to just, uh, I believe that as I've been speaking, that God's been putting... Um, just just been highlighting areas perhaps in some of your lives where you think yeah I am a bit fearful there I haven't done this because I'm a bit fearful or I am worried about my finances and I know that's gripped me and it's robbed me of my peace and uh, yeah I am a bit worried about the future and that that, that thing that happened this week yeah has got hold of me and, and I'm worried and I just believe God wants to come today and to address those fears and to release you as we've been singing about, he has come to set the captives free. Mm. And fear uh, can lead us to be captive. And he wants to break that. Mm. So I just want just to, just to, just for you to just a moment, just take a moment. Is there something that you know, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm fearful of this. And I'm going to ask you to do something that is perhaps a bit brave. A bit brave for me because I don't know what's going to happen here. But I'm, if that's you, and there's no condemnation here, but if that's you, can you stand? Can you stand? Because so, I believe God wants to speak to you. speak over you guys. Well done. I'll speak over that song that Joe brought this morning. It says here, the God who comes to save is here. He's here to set the captives free. The God who came to save is here now to set the captives free. The Lion of Judah. Is fighting your battles. The Lion of Judah is fighting your battles. And Lord, I just want to pray right now for these people that stood before you, God. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, will you come and reveal Jesus to them? Will you reveal your wonderful, wonderful love? The perfect love that drives out fear. Will you just enfold them, Lord Jesus, in your love? Let them know, above all, that they're precious sons and daughters that you have bought with a price and that you dearly, dearly love. Holy Spirit, reveal that right now. Reveal it right now, Jesus. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, come and bring boldness. 
Come and bring peace. Yes. Come and bring joy. As they reflect on you, as they see you, Lord Jesus, let joy and peace come. And let hope come. The God of all hope is here. He's setting you free right now. He's setting you free right now. And he's going to fill you with boldness. So that what you are fearing, well, you will no longer fear. You'll be able to, to stand up. You're going to be able to speak out. You're going to be able to do what you weren't able to do. You're going to be released from it. And so, Lord, if there's any captive here through... Uh, something that's happened, we, we say in Jesus' name, be released. Be released. And let the joy of God come. And let the peace of God come. And let the hope of God come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Father, we just want to thank you for your Lord that you came to set the captives free. Lord, I thank you, God, that you uh, saved us for freedom not to be bound up again. Lord, you want your people free, delivered, singing your praises, and, and without fear, Lord Jesus. Thank you, that's what you came to do. Lord, we bless you. We bless you, Jesus.